This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. He's the Hello and welcome to the only podcast for every non-FBS team in the state of Texas. Today we're previewing Mary Harden Baylor's trip to meet Harden Simmons to claim, possibly claim, the ASC's automatic bid to the playoffs. Still a chance the winner does not win the conference. We'll get into that. Lamar hosts UIW with the winner remaining atop of the Southland Conference. Think of that for a second. The Cardinals are in a game. We'll st- we'll talk more on that one too. And we're going to preview Central Washington traveling down to Texas A&M Kingsville. Interesting, interesting week. Big week of games. We're going to try to pick winners for nine of them this week. Good luck with that for us. I am Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. It's no E, so C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E Sports. Find my work at TexasFootball.com. couple big things going up today that we will also talk about here soon. Joining me today is Riley Zayas. He is here every week. So happy to have him. He is, he is the foremost expert in Division Three athletics. You can find Riley on his personal page, on your favorite social media channel, at Zayas Riley, Z-A-Y-A-S-R-I-L-E-Y. But you may know him from his work on truetothecrew.com. That is the source for everything Mary Harden Baylor. If you want to find anything out that you want to know about the crew, whether you love them or hate them, you want to follow them, he's the place to go on your favorite social media channel, True to the Crew or truetothecrew.com. That, that's where you're going to find out all that information on Mary Harden Baylor. And Riley, it the breaking news started early this morning, and I think I don't think people understand how big this news is that Lon Reisman, after 30 years as athletic director at Tarleton, he spent 24 years as both men's head basketball coach and athletic director and took the school during that time from NAIA to D2 to D1. And he will be retiring at the end of this school year. Riley, that's big, big news. It really is. It really is. For for a program and, and obviously an athletic department that has just been kind of rising here within the state, he's done so much. Uh, both, you know, you look at what he's done from a on-court standpoint, you know, from his coaching career was tremendous. But then what he's done – as you mentioned, from from a, a you know, administrative standpoint, in in guiding, you know, Tarleton into this this new era, essentially of, of what they have now, it's it's really a, a, a you know a, a, he's done so well there, and I think uh, it's a credit to what he's brought, you know, his leadership, everything like that, to see where Tarleton is now. Uh, he's contributed majorly to to all of that success and. Yeah, that was uh, definitely some big, big breaking news this morning. 
Yes, and for all transparency, again, we are recording this on Wednesday, but you can go to texasfootball.com. You can read more into his. He had 650 wins at Tarleton yeah. in basket, as a basketball coach. And then as he gets into that, then he goes into athletic director, some of the things he did helping get the money in to rebuild the football stadium that they've done. They have a $110 million arena getting built, a multi-purpose facility that's going to be built there and house the men's and women's basketball teams and the volleyball team. There, there's just so many things he did. All the facilities are named in there. But, Riley, the thing that's always interested me the most about Lon Reisman is he's the one who went and recruited Dennis Rodman. He recruited yeah. Dennis Rodman. I believe it was Oklahoma City uh, back uh, then when uh, he was there. He went, and now if I remember, I was reading, I read Rodman's book. I've always been a big fan of Rodman. He, he's a <laughs> an eccentric personality, but he was always fun to kind of dive into and, right. and see what made him go, you know? And, and so... I heard a documentary once and it showed it showed Lon and he was talking about it. He said, I just stood outside his door. The kid was so shy. I just I wasn't gonna leave until he told me yes. <laughs> and it's that determination that not just led him to getting the best rebounder in the history of basketball. That that I think that's safe to say. Uh, uh, it also led him to 650 career wins at, at Tarleton and a tremendous success as an athletic director. He's a guy that's really going to be missed. Oh, for sure. Now that's a great anecdote. And uh, yeah, he, he's definitely just been, uh, you know, when it comes to driving forwards, we talk so often about, you know, there's, there's certain athletic departments where sometimes things seem to stall out after a period of time. That really hasn't been the case there under his leadership. You talk about the facilities. I mean, that goes a long way with recruiting as a lot of people know. And uh it's important when you reach the level that they're at right now and trying to compete now. Uh, it's 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 you know it's huge to have those new facilities and, and those facility renovations and the things that he's led there. Uh, you're certainly right. He's he's going to be very very missed there at Tarleton. He's been instrumental behind all the athletic department success. I mean, their tennis won a WAC title last year, and in, in like their first year of eligibility to win a WAC title, uh, the the men's and women's basketball programs. He had a they've got Bill Brock as a coach now. They've got Billy Gillespie, Todd Witten. Those guys are brought in because of and by Lon Reisman. Uh, it's they're gonna whoever they find. I it's gonna be interesting. They're, it's gonna have to be someone really good because those are huge shoes to fill i was just gonna say that those are gonna be very very big shoes to fill and uh yeah certainly maybe some pressure on that person who follows him there in that spot yeah good luck to whoever that is <laughs> as for us we are a podcast on the republic of football network and an extension of dave campbell's texas football Please like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you find us, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Megaphone. Just what we ask is that to help us, you like, you share, you follow. That helps us grow. We appreciate you listening and doing everything you can to help this little bitty podcast keep on going. And Riley, man, we got a big, big week nine slate. It is. Uh, it starts off Saturday at one o'clock in Abilene. Mary Harden Baylor and Harden Simmons, and it's 
what number 25 against number 22 in the AFCA polls and 2320, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's not where we expect, right? Normally, this is a top 10 matchup every single year, but the stakes are actually possibly even higher this year than they have recently because the winner still has that inside track and, and controls its own fate to winning the ASC title. But the loser, their playoff hopes are gone with a couple weeks left to go in the season. Yeah, really, when you have the game this late, I mean, it's interesting, Corey, in the past couple of years, uh, you and I have, have been at these these UMHB Harden-Simmons games. They've been played in September. And uh, this one, you know, being played right in week nine of the season, very, very late. It's very different uh, because when you're playing as the second or third conference game, it, it, there's, the stakes aren't as high at that point. Everyone knows that eventually it, it'll probably come down to, you know, who won that game determining, you know, the ASC regular season title and beyond that qualifier to the NCAA playoffs. But at this point in the year, it's very clear. You know, we, we understand and both teams understand. And with the way their seasons have gone, and some of the losses they picked up, this is a, a must-win game if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. And we know I mean, both these programs so competitive over the years, one of the better rivalries maybe within the state. Um, and, and so there's a lot of a lot of intensity, a lot of emotion that will be present in Abilene on Saturday. Yes, and now people listening who also read the column put out on TexasFootball.com where I analyzed uh, playoff hopes, and I put still having a chance is Harden-Simmons. It is true. They still have a chance. But Riley and I were talking about this before we recorded. Uh, they have a chance, if they even if they lose this week. But the problem is there have been other results. There's other teams that you usually expect to win their conference that will not win their conference. There's been some upsets across the country that – now Harden Simmons is falling further, further behind, and there's only four of the Pool C playoff at-large bids. So the further they fall back, and then if they, whichever team, if UMHB loses, they're out. That's four losses. That's right. a given. For Harden Simmons, it's only their second loss, but that that's likely enough to push them further to the back of, of some of those you know five to ten teams trying to get in the Final Four. Yeah, and that's certainly something that I think is probably going to be on the minds of, of those Harden-Simmons fans, especially, you know, it, it's it's been talked about this rivalry, especially recently, has been fairly one-sided uh, in favor of UMHB, and yet at the same time, it seems like we enter this matchup every year, and it seems like Harden-Simmons still has a shot to pull off that win. You know, they haven't won in this, you know, against UMHB since 2015, but if there's a year to do it, you know, with, with some of the, the veteran leadership that Harden Simmons has, they got some of their guys back on the field that had been out for a couple of weeks um, last week. They looked good at Solaraw State. Harden Simmons has a shot, and, and so I think that's what adds to maybe all the hype around this matchup this year is it being played late in the season, as I mentioned before, but also just the fact that Harden Simmons is looking for a real breakthrough, and, and a win over UMHB would certainly be that, especially with, with what's on the line for them, and their playoff goals. By UMHB dominating the series lately, you mean they've won 20 of the last 21. And and I know that hurts Harden Simmons fans to hear, but that is just the truth. If you want me to not say that win this year, next year, I can't say they've won 20 of 21, right? It's just how it is. 
the truth is not always something that we like. That said, on the field, we've talked off the field, we've talked playoffs and all that, but on the field, I think the key to this game is going to be what happens when Mary Harden-Baylor's on offense versus that Harden-Simmons defense. Because Galen Glenn came back. He's been back for a few weeks. He's knocked some rust off, and, and, and the offense is looking pretty good. The defense, though, Riley, you know, so Ross, I, I know everybody has injuries at this time of year. So when you talk injuries, you're talking something every team has. Uh, but Harden-Simmons defense, so Ross moved the ball quite well, especially in the first half. I, I watched most of that first half, and they moved the ball quite well. They just didn't execute down in the red zone. And the defense did uh, for Harden-Simmons. That defense – going to have to play a really good game because Isaac Fay has come on. He's, he's taken that quarterback job and he's not letting go of it. He's completing 60% of his passes as a sophomore. I believe it's 15 touchdowns. It's only three interceptions this year for Harden Simmons to have any hope. It starts with Galen Glenn having a great game. And then that defense getting to Isaac Fay and not allowing him to have a, a good day. For sure. I think that's going to be a huge key. And, and you know, when when you look at what UHB's offense has done, they've really come a, a long way from where they were in the first three games of the season. They're much more efficient now. You know, Isaac Fay obviously stepping up. And as he's gotten more in-game reps, we, we've seen that, you know, shown in, in terms of the production, just in passing yardage, the balance in the offense. You know, when they get that pass game going, it opens up some 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 running uh, room for, for the running backs who are also very accomplished. So, you know, I think this is going to be huge. Matt Mitchell is back for Harden Simmons this week. He had been out on uh, a couple of those really narrow wins for, for the Cowboys. And so I think having him back, the experience he brings to the table will be huge. Also, I have one more thing, and obviously the weather is unpredictable. We, we can't always trust the weather reports, especially uh, a few days out from, from game time. But – you know, there's a chance of rain, uh, about 70% chance of rain. And, you know, whether that's still around at 1 p.m. in Abilene or not, um, that may be something to consider, especially in the first half. They may need to go to the running game a little bit more, both teams. And, uh, of course, when, when, when that happens, we know Harden Simmons has a great rushing attack. I would also say the, the Noah Garcia, Colton Marshall are, are two of the best running backs I've seen in the ASC this season. They complement each other. Uh, those are going to be two guys you want to keep an eye on as well. Um, Garcia runs a, a little bit more, you know, in the open field. They use Colt Marshall a little bit more in uh, short yard situations down the goal line. And uh, he's been very, very effective down there. So uh, be watching for those two guys too in, in HSU's rushing attack. Yeah. And like you said, it, it could force both teams to go to the ground. And honestly, that may help Harden Simmons uh, more than the Mary Harden Baylor. Mary Harden Baylor has struggled to run the ball the last couple of years. Uh, still not exactly sure why though, you know, I, I, I mean, yeah. honestly, like it doesn't make sense that Mary Harden, as big as their offensive line is, and they can go, they go get outstanding offensive linemen. It still doesn't make sense to me why they do not just own people, uh, you know, uh, running the ball on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And I think if UMHB wants to win this game, they're going to have to do that. I mean, Larry Harmon talked at his press conference, uh, on Monday about the offensive line, how they've really uh, taken, you know, some of those struggles early on to heart and they they've improved on that. 
HSU might be one of the bigger tests they've had, though, since those first three games. Probably the biggest test, and uh, especially when it comes to defensive lines that they've gone up against. So, yeah, this could be a real uh, real momentum booster for UMHB if they can get the rushing game going. That's been a key in their last few wins. They're able to keep that balance going, which obviously opens up the passing game, too. And uh, if, if they have to go one-dimensional, that's not, not a spot they want to be in. Certainly not a spot Harden-Simmons wants to be in, either. And who are we picking? You'll find out here in a little bit. Keep listening. We pick these games. This will be the first game we pick after we get done previewing. But there's other big games this week, Riley. And for this one, we had to Beaumont, Texas. Can't believe I'm saying that already. Provo Sumfree Stadium, Lamar hosting UIW. Both teams undefeated in conference at 3-0. and Nichols is also 3-0 and in conference. The winner of this is still up, and they both have Nichols. Like, over the next three weeks, we're going to decide the Southland Conference. And this game is the first game of those, of those three games that's going to take place that's going to decide it. And um, I think we got to start with just praising these head coaches, both of them. You got to start with the one you didn't think would be here, and that's that's Peter Rossamondo. What he's done with Lamar, I said they had talent. People looked at me crazy. They had talent. They just didn't have the discipline needed for that talent to work. And, and Rossamondo's come in. He's brought a vision. Those guys have bought into it. It didn't start necessarily well, but their schedule was tough early on. Now that they've gotten the conference, they look pretty darn good. And I mean, Riley, he's got them already. This is halfway through year year one. And we're already talking about being in the race for the Southland. That's incredible. It really is. I mean, this has been one of the, the best head coaching starts I've seen in recent memory, just uh, taking over a program that really hadn't had much success. Now they've won, I believe, four straight games entering this one, and they're just on a roll. I mean, these teams that get hot at this time of the year, they're tough to beat. And uh, one thing I've really liked uh, of Lamar, I just I feel like, you know, their their offensive line, their, their rushing attack has really been a, a constant force for them, especially the last few weeks. Um, it's served them well, and, and that's a huge key, I think, in winning this game and staying competitive in this game. For Lamar, they, they got to be able to run the ball well. They have the, the, the lean rusher in the Southland Conference, and um, that's a, a good thing to have when you enter a matchup against a, a defense like UIW's. You, you, you're giving a shout-out to Lamar's offensive line? I am. That means am. we got to give a shout-out to Lamar's offensive line coach. Yep. Right? My guy, Matt Canada. Matt Canada, man. I'm telling you, you have got, we got to give that man some love. He has done a great job with that offensive line. And it's, it's funny because I text with him occasionally and he doesn't feel that the offensive line is doing that great. <laughs> so he, he's your typical coach, right? That's just basically how it goes. But on the other side, you have a coach who took over a program that pretty good. I mean, they were national yeah. semifinalists last year. A whole bunch of transfers. He's 30 years old, first time as a head coach. And UIW was on the brink last week, Riley. I don't know if you got to see that game. But um, in that first half against McNeese, McNeese was winning, and it looked really bleak for UIW. Zach Calzada did not play with injury. 
Uh, the injury is not expected to be severe. There is a chance he plays this week. Follow my social media for Friday. I'll see if I can't find out for sure sometime Friday or early Saturday or time of the game, right around warmups, if he's playing or not. I'll, I'll be looking to see if Calzada is going to start. But in his stead, second half came in Richard Torres, and he's the national freshman of the week, and, and he's the conference player of the week in the Southland. And all he did was come in, take over that offense, and just helped him march right down the field and get a win that, that Riley, that almost felt like the most important win they've had this year so far. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, to score 28 unanswered points in the second half, I mean, you go down by that margin at halftime 24-7, and on the road, it's not a good feeling. But uh, with what they were able to do and kind of reverse the script in a way, in the second half really says a lot about this team. It also shows, you know, this is great when you have kind of that next man up mentality. And, 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 and you know, he definitely showed that at the quarterback position. We've seen that from other guys over the course of this year. And I also want to add the fact that, you know, when you're a first year head coach, sometimes it's, it's a little tougher to be honest, when you take over a program that has had the success that UIW's had it, you know, some ways it's easier maybe, but there's also a lot of pressure on your shoulders and, uh, a lot of high expectations because of, of who you're, you know, following in that head coaching role. And so what, what he's been able to do there at UIW is, is nothing short of impressive to me. And obviously they, they need to keep going. Uh, they, you know, again, being put on upset alert is nothing uh, you want to be messing with at this time of the year. But uh, I think they'll, they'll respond to that challenge, that adversity well, entering another really, really big matchup. I mean, this is, this is not a, a matchup anyone can take lightly, especially on, on UIW's side. And, and you know, knowing them, they, they won't be taking this one lightly. No, they won't, because Clint will not allow them to take that lightly. Uh, he has done an amazing job. And, and I haven't been to a Lamar game, so I haven't got to observe kind of the round and, and seen how Peter's done. I'm sure, obviously, the results are showing me he's doing well. But early in the season, I went and watched UIW Abilene. And I wanted to see what UIW, you know, I wanted to see how Killo commanded the team, right? Like you, you, there's some coaches that are players coaches, and I think he falls into that category. But when you're a players coach, it there's always a fine line between players coach and discipline, not at UIW. There's one word that comes to my mind when I think of Clint Killow, and it's maturity. And he keeps that team locked in. He keeps them focused, and he is commanding that sideline, that program, that locker room. Really impressive to me to see how great he's done, and, and really big things are in his future. Cardinals have a big one this week, and they can't be getting down – to Lamar because Lamar's defense yeah. is is such that if they turn the ball over, they fall behind. Lamar's defense can shut you down. For sure. I mean, that's that's a big thing. You know, when you head into these matchups, you look for, for areas of strength. I mean, Lamar, they, they have a lot of talent there, and it seems like it's all been put together at the right time, and we've certainly seen that you know show itself in, in their last few wins. Yeah, this is going to be a, a huge test, I think, for the UAW offense, especially if Zach Calzada doesn't play. 
Um, it'll kind of be uh, another another chance to see maybe maybe what they can do from from that standpoint. Obviously, Calzada has been very good, but as you mentioned, Corey, I mean they've had a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. But going up against a defense like Lamar's, I mean that's going to be a good storyline for people to be following um, hanging into this one. It's going to be a good one. It'll be much closer than when Lamar hosted other top-ranked teams in the country this year, in my opinion. This game's going to be really close. How close? You'll find that out in our pick segment. Now we head down to beautiful – okay, we head to Kingsville for Texas A&M <laughs> Kingsville and Central Washington. I actually like that area, I'm just going to say. Pepsi Field, Havelina Stadium, that's the place to be, and it's happening at 7 o'clock. Central Washington, Riley, I've had national writers tell me they, they just feel like a fraud. And I've watched CWU, and I can't I can't say they're wrong. Like, it feels like a fraud, but if a, they're a fraud, somebody's got to beat them. And nobody's done that yet it was in conference, right? They lost to an NAI school, which is going to really hurt them come playoff time because there are no automatic bids in division two. So that loss to an NAI team that has since lost a couple games. That's not good. They got an FCS loss that don't even count question about whether they even have enough, whether they can get enough wins to actually count towards the playoffs this year because of that, that schedule. Um, But yet they keep winning. Right, and now they go down to Kingsville and they face a Kingsville team that defensively is really solid. Offensively, we know they've struggled since you know Cavazos went out against UTPB with his second concussion of the year. Kingsville had trouble, but not last week. They didn't have trouble at Eastern New Mexico last week. That's a tricky place to play. That's a tough team to play. The defense was ready. They were prepared, and they shut down that triple option attack of Eastern New Mexico and the offense put up points Riley and they looked really good. And so that sets up uh, central Washington's got three, uh, two games left at Kingsville. They have a bye week. Then they go to UTPB. They win this week. They likely, if UTPB takes care of business, set up a, a title game for the Lone Star Conference in o- in Odessa or Midland uh, in three weeks. But they have to win this week, and that's not going to be easy down there. It really will. If there was one pick that I was uh, disappointed in last week when we made our picks, it was the fact that I did pick Eastern New Mexico uh, to beat Kingsville just because, you know, Kingsville's defense really uh, – they have – they've shown us, you know, that they can hang in these games. And I think the biggest question was, was with the offense. But – you know, with what I saw last week, it definitely gives me some confidence that Kingsville can come into this game. Their offense can can move the ball. They can put some points on the board. The defense can hold, you know, Central Washington at bay to some extent, and and maybe come out with a win here, which would be tremendous for their program. Obviously, you know, in a way, they're playing spoiler right now because uh, Central Washington. You know, you mentioned it, Corey. I mean, they're they're six and zero in conference. They're they're doing really really well. And you know, what's interesting when you stop and look at Central Washington is the fact that. You know, they they don't rank in the top, you know, one or two of, of very many stats uh, when you start to look at the Lone Star Conference overall statistics amongst teams, yet they win games. And I think it, it's, a, it's a good balance between the offense and the defense, and they complement each other. They don't hurt themselves very often. 
And those are keys in games like this. They haven't won games by huge margins in, in you know, some cases. You know, looking at the Angelo State win even there, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but yet they find ways to get the wins, whether it be by one point, two points, three points. It doesn't really matter. They're they're winning ball games, and uh, this is a team. They're incredibly resilient. It's tough to make some of those trips down to Texas from up there in Washington. Yet they're doing a good job of it, and we'll see them. We'll see them testing again on the road this week. They certainly took care of West Texas A&M last week. Did not have much of a problem at all on that one. All right, Riley. <clears throat> Normally, I find nine games to pick. This week is so loaded. I found myself trimming games. Then I just, just like two minutes ago, said, you know what? I ain't trimming games. We're going to have a bonus game. I'm going to put the game I want in there. Right? So we got 10 games to pick this week. The bonus game, it, this is such a big week, it's got a bonus game week. How about that? We'll call it a bonus game week. Uh, looking at the overall records, we both need some bonus points because it hadn't been impressive this year. Uh, I sit 42-30 and 30 overall, had a 6-3 and three week last week, which, okay, I can accept that. Uh, Riley was 4-5 and five last week. Road teams, again, have been the bane of his existence here the last couple weeks. He's 37-35 and 35 overall. <laughs> I mean, he's right in this. He, he's right there with just a few weeks to go. Riley, I'm going to start this time again. And we start with UMHB at HSU. Mary Harden-Bailey, this is just simple. Mary Harden-Baylor has won 20 of 21 games. Harden-Simmons was in that game toe-to-toe with them last year. And then UMHB, turnover, 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 forced them, right? I don't know what it is. I'm saying there's a block. I think the injuries on defense are a little too much. I've got the Crusaders 25-21. Yeah, Corey, I'm going to take UMHB as well on this one. I think, again, it goes back for me. There's, there's there's experience, there's a lot of pride for both teams in this matchup, and, and I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be a game where there are some turnovers, where the defense maybe steps up for both teams and, and comes up with a few takeaways. But ultimately, uh, I'm going to take UMHB winning this one uh, by a 27-21 score in Abilene. All right, so we're both on the Crusaders. Beaumont, Lamar, UIW at Lamar. We previewed this one a little earlier. What you got, Riley? Yeah, this is going to be a good matchup. And, Corey, you referenced it. I mean, it's going to be close, uh, maybe closer than than what we saw from Lamar early on hosting some some other nationally ranked teams. And and so I think uh, that's just a testament to, you know, Lamar's improvement over the course of the season. Uh, they're a much better football team now um, than they were in, in weeks one and two. And, and that's obviously what you want to see out of a coach, you know, from a coach's perspective. And that said, I think UIW just has too much. Um, when it comes to just just their talent, I, I love what UIW has been able to do offensively, but especially defensively. I think they've gotten better over the course of this season as well, and um, they're they're getting ready to to hopefully make a run, you know, in the national playoffs. But uh, first, they got to get past some of these tough conference opponents, and uh, Lamar being one of those. I'm going to take UIW winning uh, 34 to 28. All right. That's a high-scoring game. I'm kind of surprised you went that high-scoring. 
We'll see. I, I'm thinking, though, there's a chance maybe we see some takeaways. Maybe we see some some red zone points come a little easily for some of these teams. See, that score last year with that team that, that Lindsey Scott Jr. putting up 60 a game, it's a little more defensive. And both teams are really solid defensively this year. So I, I think the score – I don't quite have the score going up that high. I do have each team getting in the 20s, though. Lamar's got a really, really good defense. But they, their, their offense hasn't caught up yet. Not overall. Uh, offensive line, they're good. They're better. Matt Kanata has done a great job. Rosamondo's an O-line guy. Like, I mean, they, they've done a tremendous job with the O-line. But UIW has more depth. They're a little bigger. It, it is a different uh, level that you face there. I think UIW comes out. I'm, I'm giving 24-21, Riley, is what I'm going on this one. Got it. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't um, fault you at all for that. I think uh, both defenses are definitely going to be prepared for this one. It's going to be fun, man. That's going to be a good one. Now it's my turn. Central Washington at Kingsville. Oh, boy. What do you do with this one? I, I've watched Central Washington win 10-7 over Midwestern State. A middle of the conference Midwestern State because they don't have a good quarterback. They've got a good defense. They're, they're pretty good at a lot of positions, just not at quarterback. They go into Kingsville. Riley, that's a long... That, they've flown to Texas. They flew into Dallas. They stayed in Dallas. They drove up to Wichita Falls. They went back to Dallas. This is different, man. This is a few hours longer. You've got to go probably to Houston. They've got to probably fly into Houston, then they're going to have to drive a little ways further. This travel is horrendous on this one. And, uh, yeah, I'm going home team, 13 to 10. Give me the Havelinas, man. All right. Be interesting, man. And uh, I guess I'm going to take another road team again. Uh, Central Washington is my pick in this one. I think they, I think, you know, again, they, I, I similarly agree in the sense that this travel is, is going to be tough. And so, you know, I think we, we could see maybe an interesting first half, maybe a Kingsville lead at halftime. But I think Central Washington is going to find a way to get it done, especially and they're going to need to put some more points on the board offensively. But I think uh, I think the defense mostly will, will take center stage for them. I'm going to say this game ends with maybe a, a let's go with 17-13 win for Central Washington similarly uh, low scoring to your pick. Oh, yeah. yeah there's not going to be a ton of points in that game. But, hey, we're going to stick with the method that's gotten us to this point so far. So I got the home team. You've got the road team, right? Like that's, that's what it's, it's what, been. That's, that's what it's been. All right. Now we're to the games we haven't previewed. Uh, this is a good one. Texas A&M Commerce going to play Houston Christian uh, Commerce is a team, Riley. They have gotten a lot better each week. They have improved. Houston Christian has been a little up and down at times uh, in Braxton Harris's first year there, uh, but they're good. They're better, and and they're at home. What you got? Yeah, this is a, an interesting matchup because both these teams, I mean, I think they're very much improved from where we saw them, again, in the first couple weeks of the season, and, and this is part of what you see out of, uh, out of these programs that are kind of in, in that stage where they're working to develop and, you know, instill a new culture and, and kind of, you know, rise up to the, the middle of the pack in their conference. And 
one of the things, I mean, Houston Christian, I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, three wins already this season. Um, I think it says a lot about what Braxton Harris has brought to that program. I think they got fourth. I think they go to 500 uh, this week, get that get that big home win. And, and honestly, um, you know, I think it, this could end up being, a, a, you know, my pick on the margin of victory. I think it could be, you know, like a 23-20 game. I don't think it's going to be a very wide margin. I think it's going to be one of those that does come down to the fourth quarter and, and who performs better, you know, in those last 15 minutes. That commerce defense is really, really good. But they they also don't have a quarterback. And they also don't have an offensive line that's been that good this year. Those are problems when you go face a team like Houston Christian that's got a pretty decent defense and, and an offense that can put up some points. It can give you fits. No, man, it's Houston Christian. The the look, the Huskies, they're at home. I know Dozel's done a great job with commerce, but just not having a quarterback not having an O-line, I just don't think – look, Houston Christian understands, too. They understand commerce is this this is going to be a battle. It's going to be a bloodbath at times, especially when the Huskies are on offense. I just think they're able to produce enough points this year to take down commerce. So we're both on the Huskies and Houston Christian. The next one we go out to, ACU, Abilene Christian at Southern Utah. Riley, the UAC is one of the hardest conferences to predict in the world because it's one of the toughest FCS conferences in year one. It is brutal to get through the United Athletic Conference. And Abilene Christian's going to find that out this week. That's a good Thunderbirds team. They're playing at home. They're only getting better. Abilene Christian has had a, two good wins. That road win at SFA, that kind of that that got kind of a monkey off their back, if you will, uh, going out there and beating the Lumberjacks. But getting back on another plane and flying out to Southern Utah this week, that's going to be tough. I, I'm going with the Thunderbirds this week, man. Give me the home team. If in doubt, I'm taking the home team. Well, I'm also going to take uh, take the the host in this one and, and give uh, give Southern Utah my pick here because, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me over the course of watching them, you know, their their run defense is just so good. And, and I think that says a lot about their defensive front. They're not going to make it easy. They're going to put pressure on the backfield, especially, you know, when, when ACU looks to pass. Um, I just don't think it's going to be a very easy day for ACU's offense, and, and that could have some effects as the game goes on. Uh, give me Southern Utah wing this game. Uh, 24 to 17. Yeah, I, you know, I think 3-7 would be in that area. Yeah, I can see that. And I didn't give a margin for the commerce. I right. only do the, do the exact scores for those that I put into the weekly game of the week column. Yeah. That's why I put the work in to get those scores. Otherwise, it's just kind of, you know, I don't quite go far to get a score. I think spread on the Houston Christian game, though, Oh, you had it right around 10, 7 to 10? Yeah, right right around there, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I mean, 7 to 10 is reasonable. I just think you know, some of these margins, especially this game, you know, I think I, I think Abilene Christian's going to move the ball offensively. You know, I just think Southern Utah, as the game goes on, their defense may may make some big plays, which which will lead to that result. I, I don't think it's going to be super high scoring, but I think ACU will put up a good result. I think they're going to they're gonna leave with a, a decent performance, just, just not in the win column this week. I, I agree, and that's why I think it's a field goal. 
I think this is going to be a field goal probably late in the game. That's how a lot of games get decided in the UAC and especially at U- at Southern Utah here the last couple of years. So we're both on the home team there. We're both on the home teams on the last two games. Here's another one in the United Athletic Conference. Tarleton, 4 o'clock, Estes Stadium, Conway, Arkansas. They meet Central Arkansas. Tarleton is good. Tarleton's much better. They improved a lot. Central Arkansas is tremendous this year. That's a team on a whole different level, Riley. And we're talking a level that puts them, I I think it may even put them, if I had to rank the UAC right now, they're at the top. That's how good I think they are. Yeah, I would agree. And that's why Central Arkansas is my pick. Just, you know, they're they're so effective in, in a lot of what they do. And uh, both sides of the ball, really. I mean, they're just they're 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 playing so well right now. And you look at teams that are playing well at this point in the season. You know, a lot of times it goes back to teams that are experienced, teams that are all on the same page. And in Central Arkansas fits both of those um, kind of things for me. Uh, just when watching them play, they're going to be my pick to to take down uh, Tarleton this one. Yeah, they're at home. And if you get a chance to watch the purple silver turf, by all means, go watch it. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a fun game. I think Tarleton's going to fight with them. I think it'll be really close. Again, Tarleton's much better, but the depth of Central Arkansas, this is where you're going to see that last year of transition kind of hurt the Texans a bit. A couple of years they could get there if they don't go ahead and jump to FBS, but not this year. We're both on Central Arkansas. Now we dip down to Division Two. What an intriguing game this is. Angelo State fresh off a loss at home to UTPB, traveling to Canyon in beautiful Bain Schaefer Stadium, West Texas A&M. They're meeting at 7 o'clock Saturday. The question for me, Riley, on this one, and I know I go first on this pick. I believe I do anyway. Yeah. Uh, The question for me is how will Angelo respond? from lap B and not not just to the loss right because now you they've got three losses in division to play playoff slims are very their their playoff hopes are very slim right their coach is on the committee the regional committee this year but he can't, i know he can't speak on his team or be in the discussions but that is something to note that you know jeff gersh is on the committee this year but let me tell you something. WT's good. Look, they went to Central Washington. They kind of got a little bit embarrassed, I think, last week in some ways. It was a tough loss. A good team they played up there with. Playing the Wildcats in Central Washington, never an easy thing to do. They return home. I just I, – I, I'm not sure where to go with this one, Riley. You know what? I'm going to make a surprise pick right here. I think Angelo State – I think that this is a letdown. Like they that loss to UTPB, and some of it is how. Like in the first half, I watched that game completely. In the first half, UTPB, there was a block punt return for touchdown for Angelo. And then late in the half, UTPB got a penalty, gave Angelo extra yards to get a field goal that they had missed, gave him another chance at it. They hit it. That's 10 points they gave him. And then when you look at the score, offense didn't put up much 
And Angelo's offense is struggling, and that's a good West Texas A&M defense. They're at home. They're going to be a little angry after last week, and I think Angelo's a little deflated. I'm I'm taking a surprise. I'm taking the buffs. I like the uh, the upset pick. Uh, <laughs> you know, be interesting. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, West Texas A&M, they're, they're, they're legitimate defense, and, and they, they could definitely pull off this win. I very much think that's a realistic possibility. I am going to take Angela, though, almost kind of to a similar point that you were going to make. A, you know, it is tough to come back after just the way the season's gone for them, not just not just last week. But at the end of the day, I think there's there's definitely some guys in that locker room. There's a coaching staff there. That is going to make sure that they go out and at, at the very least just put a good last couple of weeks out there, uh, you know, a good performance. And and so, you know, going on the road to a team that they've had some battles with over the years. I mean, um, I think Angelo finds a way to get this one done, not by very much, but I think they're going to, they're going to look and, and, and want to at least go out on a higher note, even if the playoffs aren't a, aren't a possibility this year. I'm going with the surprise pick. This week, like I said, I'm going with the WT. And, and you know, Riley, I think sometimes we, we consider, and I know I do, just they, they seem like robots sometimes, coaches and players, right? It, you, sometimes you got to step back and realize they are people and they right. have emotions. And just like, you know, the Rangers fans were really happy after they beat the Astros and the Astros fans were not so happy <laughs> after after the loss to the Rangers. I'll, sl- I'll stop, I promise. I, I think there is – it's hard for me not to imagine the Rams and, and especially college-age players not having a real letdown and having a hard time getting right. ready to play this week. That's that's the whole reason I'm picking the Buffs. Totally, totally, totally see that and totally agree with you. Totally could be. And then we go to another game, and you get to pick this one first. Thank goodness, man. Sol Ross trying to bounce back. They've got a lot of injuries. They've had some issues there. They're hoping to get some people back. And they go to Marshall, Texas. And at 1 o'clock, they're meeting East Texas Baptist. It's an East Texas Baptist team that if the players weren't aware, they know if they read texasfootball.com, they're still in this ASC title race. They still play Harden-Simmons and Mary Harden-Baylor. They went out. Guess what? They get that automatic bid. Yep. What you got, Riley? Yeah, I I really don't. I don't know, man. I mean, I've I've I've, uh, I've watched both these teams play this season, and you know, it, it seems like ETBU for, for in a lot of ways. I mean, they're they're relying on their defense, and, and that's great. I mean, the defense has has put up some really really successful performances. They've created some takeaways. Um, I thought they looked really good last week, you know, beating Texas Lutheran. Now, when you start to look at things, though, for me, Solros State, they just feel like they're right on the cusp of a, of a, of a key win for them as they make that transition to Division II. I, I think the offense, no matter who they have back there at quarterback, uh, they're able to move the ball. I mean, we saw that last week against Harden-Simmons. You noted it, Corey. I mean, they got into the red zone. They just couldn't couldn't capitalize. But I wonder against the, you know, against another tough defense, if maybe Sol Ross learned some things last week that they could do better as they get closer to the goal line. You know, they've been pretty effective when they're in the open field. It's really been when they've gotten down there into the red zone that they've had to sell for a lot of field goals and haven't been able to to score touchdowns. If they can change that this week, I think Sol Ross 
finds a way to get the road win. Interesting pick. Interesting pick. And you know how we how I mentioned when I led into this that if ETBU wins out, that they win the AFC title. Yeah, well, this game don't count for that. Right? right? You think they know that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't... I know it was. I know it's been. Uh, it's, it's been something that the coaches, at least, are well aware of around the conference. It was a pretty big topic of discussion this past off season. But you know yes. what? The coaches are going to prepare them the same way they would for any conference game. There's not going to be any change in, in that. I don't think it's gonna. It's gonna be treated anything different than a, than another step towards that conference title. Oh, the coaches won't. But the players are human, right? It does it. If I know I've got to win these next two games, am I putting as much focus? Also, Riley, this game doesn't count to the standings. And yes, the coaches are going to get them prepared. And the co- but if I'm also a head coach of ETBU right now, if I'm Coach Rue, I'm putting a couple of coaches that are going ahead and getting stuff on Harden Simmons. I'm using this as kind of a bye week to prepare for the next two weeks. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you, man. If there are some players that maybe are questionable, they're going to go out, right? I'm gonna, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to not play healthy players. But if there's guys that are questionable, I'm going to go out. Sol Ross is pretty banged up. The four of their five offensive linemen were freshmen last week. All of their wide receiver core, freshmen. All their defensive backs, freshmen. Yeah, they're still going to win. We're both going with the Lobos this week. I just, I, I don't know that ETBU's offense can put up enough points. I, they haven't proven it to me this year. I know Sol Ross can. I know ETBU's defense good, but I think the Lobos are, I, I saw them move the ball pretty consistent against Harden Simmons. Yeah. I think they execute better in the red zone. I'm taking the Lobos as well. All right. NJCAA, we turn to for these last, for the ninth one and the bonus game this week oh boy riley this is that rematch every year that i just i do tyler at kilgore they played in week one kilgore won. that was in tyler this one's in kilgore now what are the stakes for the on this one the winner they clinch a playoff spot most likely like they the winner of this game is very very likely to be in the playoffs the loser of this game gets jumbled up with all the other two and three lost teams that are up there trying to get one of those four spots into the playoffs. But there's something else, Riley. The Rangers have a chance at the national title. They're number three in the country. They need Iowa Western to lose or they need Hutchinson to lose. But the Rangers aren't going to be losing this week. Give me give me Kilgore. Give me my man, Coach Good. I like it. I like it. And as an ode to the uh, to the Texas Rangers who booked their trip to the World Series earlier this week, I'm going to take a different kind of Rangers to get the win as well. I think Kilgore finds a way to get this one done. I mean, they're just they're playing so well. And, and you say, Corey, I mean, there, there's such a mental side of this at this point in the season. You know, being in such a spot as they are third in the country, I mean, they, they're well aware. Every single week matters a lot. And in the pursuit of, of a national title, I mean, this is this is a huge one. Another big-time matchup for them, another hurdle that they got to clear. And I think they're going to come out extremely motivate, you know, motivated. Um, they're going to be ready to go in this one, and, and I'm going to take Kilgore to, to get the victory. 
Okay, Riley. I, I did not tell you who the bonus game was. But you pretty much already knew who I was going to put down here on this one. Cisco at Navarro. You talk about SWJCFC playoffs. This is Cisco's last game that counts towards that. No, Everyone else has two weeks left. We're going to decide that. But here's what I do know. If Cisco loses, they're eliminated. If Cisco beats the Bulldogs, they still have a chance of working their way into one of those playoff spots. But Navarro only has two losses. They need a win here just as well. All right, you get to go. You want the bonus game. You get an extra chance to, to catch up here. What you got? Yeah, I like it. I like it, Corey. And uh, I'm going to take Cisco. I, I really think this is a team, and, and you mentioned it too. I mean, I feel like we've talked about the uh, the mental side of things in, in a lot of these games and, and our reasons for picking teams. But when you're in a spot like they are, where they've had some real positives this season. I mean, they, they really have impressed me. I uh, picked against them a few times, but I also really like what they've, you know, what they've done out there and that coaching staff coming in and uh, really recruiting some talented players to, to lead that program. I think they're going to be in a spot where they say, you know what, you know, we're going to go out and do everything we can to get ourselves into one of those spots. And uh, first step is, is getting a win here, you know, and, and I think, uh, I think this is a very winnable game for them. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to come by much, but if they can, you know, limit their turnovers and do things efficiently on offense, I think the defense should take a step forward after uh, they're struggling a little bit last week. They give up 38 points, but uh, I think they're going to be a little better than that this week and give me Cisco for the win. All right. Riley's on the Wranglers. And I can understand that. Look, Stephen Lee has done a tremendous job there since he and he took over in the spring. He didn't have time to really go recruit. He has built a team. It is very impressive. They've got a really they obviously they're really good defense. And that's one thing with him. He's he's running, he's playing a style of play that suits his players, which is the mark of a great head coach. But he got there in March. He did not have the depth. Navarro is a talented team. And I think this year when we've seen Cisco play teams that have an obvious talent advantage outside of Nimi, normally they, they struggle in those games. So I'm going with the home team, man. You want road teams, you take road dogs. I'm taking the home team. I'm taking the home bulldogs. I've got Navarro. That's going to be a great game. Three, And then if Navarro wins that, at home, then they go play at Tyler next week, and that's a whole nother. We'll be back here talking SWJCFC playoff, and hopefully I still have a brain left uh, from trying to figure out some tiebreakers after that. <laughs> all right, Riley, so the games we're, we're going to be keeping an eye on all of them, but the games we differ this week are you've got Central Washington. I'm taking Kingsville at home. You're taking Angelo State. I'm taking West Texas A&M at home in an upset. And in the theme of all themes of this season, Riley's sticking with the road teams. He's got Cisco. I'm taking Navarro. Riley, how confident are you in your road teams this week? Well, I'm, I'm a little more confident this week, but uh, the last couple of weeks I've had the same approach, same thought, and uh, we get to Saturday and it doesn't work out too well for me, so... Hoping, keep my fingers crossed for a better week. If I finish above 500 this week on my picks, I'll be happy. I've had too many four and five weeks the last uh, 
the last few. I'm I'm a little disappointed in myself. At least there's a five and five opportunity this week. Right. right. <laughs> there's a chance not to go four and five. <laughs> yeah, it has not been easy to pick these games, and and that's a testament to these teams going out there and playing so well this year. Riley, thank you so much. Really appreciate you jumping on it and joining us again this week. This is so much fun. And just to let the listeners know, if you're interested, there's a chance Riley and I are doing some basketball podcasts with basketball season just around the corner. We may be throwing in some basketball previews. Check out texasbasketball.com. Check out the, uh, the whatever the I'm going to find out there, Texas 24 I got to get with this. They changed the name of the podcast. It's going to be under the the Texas basketball umbrella, though. So definitely be keeping an eye out for that. We will let you know when that is recorded. So if you're interested in basketball, let us know who, so we can make sure to, to kind of dive into some of those teams a little bit. As for us, we return next week. And next week, we're in double digits, Riley. It's week 10. Unbelievable. It's flown by so fast. For Riley's ass. I'm Corey Hogue. Thank you so much for joining us. Until we meet again, stay safe.